Our guides to Scotland's Isle of Skye right now on Travel with Rick Steves are certified tour guides Anne Doig from Edinburgh and James McCletchy, who lives on a remote island in the Outer Hebrides. He posts photos of the Hebrides on his website. It's unwindinnature.com. Thanks for being here. Thank you. you. Now, James, or I can call you Seamus, because that's the proper Scottish <laughs> word. You can do. Thank you. Seamus, you, you live beyond Skye in the Outer Hebrides, and you've been commuting to Skye for, for decades. What does the word Skye mean? Skye has various uh, meanings. Originally, it comes from the Norwegian, the Viking name, which means ski, which means cloud, and A is island, so it's a cloudy island. Uh, but then it came into the Gaelic word, which was Anchilanskiana, which was the winged island, or Elanichio, which is a misty island. Misty island. So there's a little bit of a consensus. Cloudy, misty, yeah. sort of romantic. How, how accessible is Sky? Sky is very accessible. Um, today you can leave from Edinburgh or Glasgow. You can drive up there through some beautiful, stunning scenery. Take about five and a half hours by road to get to Sky. Uh, there's a bridge now crossing over onto the island. And then you're into this amazing place that's 50 miles long by 25, 30 miles wide. Now, Anne, what does what the Isle of Sky mean to you just as, as a Scottish person? Well, for me, it's the scenery. And it encapsulates something very Scottish because it's, there's a huge variety of scenery. You've got volcanic jagged hills, you've got Jurassic sandstone, you've got this wonderful feeling of, of wildness because Europe's so packed now, but you get to Sky and even those loads of people going over that bridge or taking the ferry, they just vanish. And the population what? is just very sparse. The main town, Portree, has Portree. most of the people and that's just 13,000. Yes, it's also a stronghold of the Gaelic language, isn't that right? Oh, absolutely. Yes, they still speak Gaelic there. The pubs on Portree, they often have ceilis where people get together and, and play the music and the dance, speak in Gaelic. Quite a few famous musicians came from Skye as well. Now, Seamus, you live in an island beyond Skye, which is like beyond, beyond, and Gaelic is, is not that unusual where you live. I understand there's actually a college in Gaelic, on Sky. Sky. Yeah, there's a college, yeah. Sol Morostic, and they have some of the oldest manuscripts from no, the Gaelic no, language. But what is it? Because I, I got to say, from a practical point of view, you're talking a language that, what, 50,000 people might speak or something. What is the practical value of that? It, it's a huge investment of energy to keep this language alive. Is it going to be people's first language in the future, or will it be a language that people who are passionate about their Scottish heritage will know as a, like Norwegians wear a nice sweater? I think the language is important for the culture the of the cult, people. The culture, the culture of the people. We have been, the fact that it was banned after Culloden and uh-huh. it managed to survive, many of the place names are in Gaelic. The practicalities of it are still around Sky and in the Hebrides. Obviously, if you take it elsewhere, it's of no use. But to be able to communicate in the old language links you to the people of the past and links you to what they achieved. And are there environments where there's nothing novel about the fact that people are speaking Gaelic? This is, I just live in a small town on a small island and my parents speak Gaelic and I speak Gaelic. Does that actually happen today? We speak the language on a daily basis. Yes, we've had to anglify a lot of what we do, Uh but it's much easier for us to speak in our own native language. But then if you look back into the clan history, you have the clan chiefs. They had Gaelic poets. We have the Clarsoch Dao, the blind harper, uh, who used to write the poetry for the clan chiefs there about all his fortitudes in Baton, how wonderful he was. Wow. And you've got Dunvegan Castle. That would be the headquarter of the uh, MacLeods, right? Yes. Now you go into there and you realize the deep heritage and, and the local pride. Yes. Yes, yeah, so that's a that's a really important place for Clan MacLeod and all the associated 
clans. They've got the paintings of the old clan chiefs. One of the most famous was a woman. Shout out for the girls. Is that right? Flora, yes. And she was a clan chief. That's unusual to have clan chiefs as a woman. But What is a clan chief? What's the deal with that? It doesn't really mean much now. It's a senior member of the clan, but at one time the clan chief was almost like a warlord, really. If, if he called you out to war, you had to go. If is you there didn't, still a clan chief there at the castle? Yeah, he's in his 30s now. Something mm-hmm. I was very impressed by on my visit to Skye was way in the north, there was the Skye Museum of Island oh, Life. Oh, Island Life. I, yes, wonderful, wonderful. Wonderful family. There's like seven thatched huts. A couple of these are originally from you, that spot. And you, you feel like... going back in time. Yeah. It was you, the real deal. It was lived in by the Graham family, I believe, until 1957. Mm-hmm. And everything about it, including the, the just the charming black and white photographs thumbtacked to the walls and the peat fire... It's an amazing yeah. thing. Seamus, have you been to this museum? Yeah, and for me, again, you know, I've grown up in a place where thatched cottages were a traditional way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right across Skye, one of the fascinating things about Skye is wherever you wander, uh, you'll come across these older houses that are just sitting in the middle of moorlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to keep that tradition alive and to give you an insight into mm-hmm. it is really... And the smell of the peat. I love the smell of the peat. It's just unbelievable. And they really understood that environment when they built their architectural The houses. whole house is sort of bent down against the wind with, yeah. with stones on ropes hanging to keep the thatch from blowing away. And it's, uh, oh, I just found it fascinating. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Scotland's Isle of Skye. And we're joined by two Scottish guides, James McClutchy and Anne Doig. So when you're in Skye, likely you're going to stay in Portree. That's the main town, which is not much of a town. I mean, it's just a practical town. The only thing I remember there is that down on the harbor, the Von Fish and Chip shop, nobody is sitting at the picnic table. They're all scrunched against the wall, nibbling their fish and chips. Because of the seagulls. Because of the yeah. seagulls. Do you know what? You're, smi- you're both smiling. You know the situation. Yeah. They're bandits. They are, ba- they are so bold and, and hungry and... I wanted to sit and enjoy the harbor at the picnic table. I wondered, oh, there's all these people eating fish and chips. Nobody's sitting at the table. I tried and bam, I'm speared by a seagull almost. So (laughs) I was up against the wall with the rest of the fish and chips eaters. Sky is very trendy these days. So I found if you want to eat in a nice restaurant, you need to make a reservation. If you want to sleep in a reasonable hotel or if you want to sleep period in a hotel, you need to make a reservation long in advance because the demand in Sky seems to be exceeding their ability to provide enough room and meals for everybody. So yeah. you got to anticipate those kind of crowds if you're going peak season. Poor tree does get really busy. But now that it's a bridge going over to Skye, you can stay on the mainland and visit Skye. There's a little village called Plockton, ah. and it's absolutely beautiful. And it's eight miles from Plockton to the bridge. Well, that's perfect. So it's Plockton. on Loch Carron. And then you're less than an hour from Portree. And from Portree... Uh, the highlight of the island for me, Anne and Seamus, was the Trotternish Peninsula. Mm. Seamus, can you take me on a drive around the Trotternish Peninsula? Because for me, it was just a, a montage of beautiful viewpoints. What would you see? What's interesting to me about Sky in that area is the landscape. You've got to look at the geology of Sky. It is so varied. You've got a glaciated landscape there. You've got a Jurassic landscape heading out towards Staffan and down to the Corran. And this is where you can walk with families of dinosaurs. Mm. Uh, right down on the shoreline there, there's footprints. And it's as if a whole group of dinosaurs just ran through this area. And at low tide, you can go down onto the beach, you can start scavenging. You yourself can become a relic hunter in a way. And what's interesting about all of those dinosaur footprints is the only thing that's missing is the flying. Uh, you're looking at pterodactyl. If they can trace this link into here, huh. it will make Sky the complete dinosaur island. Whoa. And it's, it's stunning. 
Now, Anne, when you're taking a, a group or a tourist around the Trotternish Peninsula, what are the, some of the describe some of the viewpoints? Because I drove up this yeah. uh, winding road to Kurang, is that what it's called, to the summit, Kurang, and, yeah. and there's a trailhead there. It's, it's an escarpment. It's, yeah. it's three thousand feet at its highest, and it's it's laid over basalt. Uh, but it's very dramatic because you've got the cliffs going up to the escarpment and because of the erosion, because it's sandstone, a pinnacle's formed, the old man of store. And they it's, do amazing things actually in the summer there, trekking up to the top, lighting it up, having kaylees and music. And so it's an, it, an amazing backdrop of this escarpment and then this pinnacle. It's all so easy on Sky. Beautiful trails you can take, or hikes you can take from the trailheads. Charming museums and uh, distillery. There's the Talisker Distillery. There's an Iron Age roadside fort that I'll never forget. And a chance to walk out in a peat field. Seamus was talking about the peat and the evocative peat fires. Uh, you can go out into the peat field. The Isle of Skye, to me, it's sort of, it's designed for somebody who wants to gain an appreciation of traditional Scottish culture. Anne and Seamus, it's been so delightful having you to help contribute to this conversation. Uh, I could talk all day, but we're out of time. But just one one moment, one little place where you feel the epitome of Skye for you. Anne. Well, there's a loch, Loch Karusk. It's difficult to get to, but there is a little boat called the Bella Jane that will take you. But it's amazing because that's where the volcanic hills, pinnacles, just Karusk means cauldron, rise up. And it's really dramatic. And you can sometimes snow on the top, see an eagle, Loch Karusk. So a nature lover and a geologist sounds great. Seamus. It's really fascinating there. Anne's picked one of my favourite destinations as well. <laughs> it's in, in the Gaelic language, we say that this is Shofarvel Nanayil Nantav. This is where the angels rest before they go to heaven in Karush, ah. this area here. But there's another place that I really like going to. It's a place called Spar Cave. And this is a little walk that you take out down from the end of Yolgal out onto the coastline. You then walk your way along the coastline. You clamber down onto the shore at low tide. And you suddenly come to this ancient wood stone doorway that was created by the Victorian landlord at one time who wanted to charge people entry there. And you go <laughs> you into, this, into this cave through the mud and suddenly you come to a marble staircase that is just created out of all the rock. And as you start to climb up inside this cave, you climb higher and higher and then you look down and you see this sparkling uh, pool inside it. And during Victorian times, many of them came here to steal all the stalagmites and everything. Uh, and Walter Scott himself had gone there and called it Mermaid's Cauldron. Huh. It's an oh, amazing it sounds place. sounds incredible. Anne Doig, James McCletchie, thank you so much for joining us. And James, one more. Say in, in Scottish where the angels rest before they go to heaven. And that is the Isle of Skye. Each year, Rick Steves Tour Guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.